0: This is on and off your mat podcast episode 23 curvy yoga my name is erica and i'm your host for this episode i sat down with liz eskridge liz is the right hand woman of anna guest jelly founder of curvy yoga an organization that encourages body acceptance that trains teachers and creates a safe and inclusive space for people to practice yoga no matter their size I've been wanting to show the diversity that exists in the yoga world and that is often less represented, so I thought curvy yoga was a great place to start. As always, I really appreciate your support, so as you leave a review on iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app, you automatically enter a giveaway. Once more, Atleta is supporting this podcast in their effort to ignite a community of strong women who lift each other up and is giving out a $75 shop card. In case you didn't know, they do offer plus size online. If you want to know more about the giveaway, stay tuned. I'll give a bit more details at the end of the show, and I'll announce the winner of our last one. On that note, take a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Hi, Liz. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you asking. Before we dig in, our subject of today, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your yoga journey?
1: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Liz Eskridge. I um, live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I started practicing yoga in 2011. And I was—I uh, turned 30 that year. I had just gone through a divorce. It had been a really—it had been a really difficult year. I had lost a grandparent and there was just a lot going on. And a friend of mine said, you know, for your 30th birthday, Mm -hmm. we're going to do something really fun and you have two choices. (laughs) You can either come to a yoga class with me or we are going to go up in a hot air balloon. And I was like, there is no way that my feet are leaving the ground. (laughs) So So yoga went by default that yoga was by default. (laughs) And so my first yoga class was the week of my 30th birthday. Um, It was a Bikram class. So it was hot and it was 90 minutes. And I was pretty sure that I was going to hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point in my life, I would have told you that I don't intentionally sweat. Um, I feel feel differently now. Um, But I walked out of that class, like really, um, I would say proud of my body. And I saw my body in a different way and was amazed at what it was capable of doing and the fact that I had lived. And <laughs> um, I really, that first day, I mean, I think that week I took two more classes wow. and um, went through yoga teacher training probably about a year and a half after that. Um, But I jumped right in. And I think it's really the first time in my life that I've done something like that, particularly when it comes to something kind of like physical. I had never been an athlete. I had never played any sports in my life. I'd never really connected with a physical thing in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of it. I really like fell in love in that first class. And um, that was the beginning for me.
0: And did you do the teacher training from Bikram or did you go directly towards I didn't.
1: curvy yoga. I, yeah, I went to curvy yoga. So I, I practiced hot. Um, as a matter of fact, my first not hot class was was my yoga teacher training. Mm. Um, so I, I practiced hot that first year and a half and didn't practice anything else. But I was looking for a yoga training that was local. I have two kids. And so a lot of um, trainings where you have to like go and travel just weren't mm-hmm really practical for my life at the time. And um, I was definitely drawn to curvy yoga because I very often was the biggest girl in the room. I didn't really feel um, like it, but I I definitely found some classes where I was supported well in my body for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have the negative experience that a lot of other women who are coming to classes for the first time and are maybe have bigger bodies or curvier bodies or are less flexible or have injuries or all of these many things that we bring with us to classes. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel that, but I still was really drawn to curvy yoga because of that piece. And so it was nice because it was local and it definitely spoke to kind of parts of me that maybe I wasn't getting in other places.
0: And how did you decide eventually to get involved with the organization more than just being a teacher of that style of yoga, particularly?
1: Well, it just kind of happened. So, I was in Anna's very first yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. um, that she ever did. So, it was here in Nashville. I think there was like 15 or 16 of us. Um, and there was I was the only I was the only person locally in the class. So, everybody else had traveled. And at some point, Anna had decided to open a studio, which is when I kind of jumped back in with her. And so she had just contacted me. I was working at a gym and I was teaching classes at the time. I was actually teaching adults with developmental disabilities mm-hmm. um, and curvy yoga training was extremely helpful. Um, even And even when that was kind of the direction that I took with teaching, but she contacted me and said, I want to open a studio and I would you know, love to talk to you about if you would be open to playing a role in that. And so that was kind of how I jumped back in and How we've ended up here. (laughs) Hmm. And what's your role today? So my official title is curvy operations manager (laughs) and I'm really just, Anna's awesome. And we've kind of jumped in together. Um, If you follow us or pay attention to us at all, you know that she is Um, kind of in a new season of life where she's going to become a mother. Mm -hmm. And so she needed some additional help. So I'm really helping with podcasts and the blog and just kind of running things behind the scenes. I also have assisted her the last few years um, in five yoga teacher trainings. And this year, 2019, I'm going to lead my own curvy yoga teacher training here in Nashville. So.
0: Oh, cool. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. So, for people that I've never heard of Curvy Yoga before, can you explain a bit what it is and why it was founded originally? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So Anna founded um,
1: she founded Curvy Yoga in 2010. Really, is just a response to I think what what was maybe missing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been practicing yoga for a very long time, and um, just kind of saw at that point maybe um, a gap where a lot of women. Maybe didn't feel comfortable coming to classes, or didn't feel like they were supported well in classes. And she just really took what she saw her own needs as being, and created Curvy Yoga. Um, and so, yeah, it's been—I guess this is what the ninth year of Curvy Yoga, and it went from classes to yoga teacher trainings to um, an online studio, and it's really just a way of for us of of teaching and of offering yoga. That creates space for anyone that can come, that would come into a class, to feel comfortable and feel supported in their body. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a curvy girl. It can mean mm-hmm. any. It can mean anything. Um, but it's just a way of teaching to offer options and support to anyone that walks into your class.
0: Okay. For you personally, why did you wanted to bring curvy yoga, particularly versus another type of yoga, as a teacher to your community?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> I think that there is something nice or there can be something affirming about walking into a class and having a teacher that looks like you. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to women a lot in classes who would who would say things like, you know, I'm often the, the you know, the only big girl in the room or I'm definitely the biggest girl in the room or I've never had a teacher that looks like me. And I think really there can just be something comforting and affirming about seeing someone doing something that looks like you and you feel like, okay, I can be here. And uh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely, I think, kind of stereotypes in in American culture about who yoga is for and you know what that person looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I just thought, and I would love to be able to create a space where women of all shapes and sizes feel like, oh, I can show up to this. And this is for me. And there are ways that I can do this and feel supported.
0: Mm -hmm. You said before that it was not only created towards more curvy women. So what can people expect if they show up to a curvy class?
1: Sure. I mean, I think one thing is that we definitely encourage all of our teachers to teach how they would teach. So we're giving them tools really Mm -hmm. to be able to walk into a class and teach however they would teach. I definitely believe that, like. You teach the way that you teach and you'll bring your students to you. So we, I wouldn't say you're not going to go to every curvy yoga class and they're all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. But I think what we hope to give our teachers is tools to be able to support students of any shape or size or ability when they walk into a classroom. And so my hope is that if you walk into a curvy class, you really are just given um, the props that you're needed and the instruction that you're needed and the tools that you're needed to feel comfortable in that space. Um, And to feel comfortable um, creating practice in that space.
0: Would you say that you use more props than average yoga classes? Oh, for sure. I had never, I had never
1: been in a class prior to my yoga teacher training where props were, were like definitely used. So I had never experienced props at all for probably my first year of mm-hmm. practicing yoga. And then I went to a different studio and they had some blocks in the corner and I would see people like grab them sometimes and use them. And those were obviously just people who had, kn- had knew <laughs> like what the blocks were for and what to use them for. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea and it was never given, instruction was never given around using them. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that that is not, that was just my experience. I know that's not true everywhere, but... Yeah, I mean, we definitely like if I'm teaching a class. Frequently, we're going to use a block. We're going or we're going to use blocks and a bolster and a strap and a plank. All
0: of the props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like those time kind of classes. I teach really yeah, a lot of props too. <laughs> too. <laughs>
1: We have like a lot of. We had a YTT group that started referring it started referring to it as the prop mountain. <laughs> because it was just all of the props just there and available. And I think definitely like the goal is, you know, I look back and I see that class now where students were using blocks. They at some point had a teacher that said, oh, you can use a block for this. And mm-hmm. then they just knew how to make their own practice accessible, even if it wasn't being offered to them. Sure. Um, and I just hadn't had that, but I think that's beautiful when you kind of give students that those instructions, so they know what props can be used for, and then they can use props in classes however they feel the need to, to use them.
0: Mm-hmm. So on top of instruction on how to use the props, is there a different type of instruction or are the poses themselves thought differently or modified in a specific way?
1: Sure. I mean, we definitely, you know, offer... A lot of a lot of what we're teaching our teachers is is pose modification, mm-hmm. um, and props are obviously a huge part of that. Part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, you would definitely expect to be given several modifications for for poses because you know one modification doesn't work for for all bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, instruction around things like moving skin out of the way, or, you know, if you have a large chest, like moving your chest in a way that makes a pose more accessible or moving your belly out of the way or your hips or your thighs or your butt. So, um, yeah, you could definitely expect to hear things like that, that you may or may not hear Mm -hmm. in another class, but yeah, definitely a lot of modifications for sure.
0: Sure. Could you give an example of one pose, like how different it might be or what kind of modification you could offer? Sure. I
1: mean, you know, we use, yeah, you know, I'll just this is just the first thing that pops in my mm-hmm. mind is that we a lot of times will use the wall. Like I have students who love to use the wall to do a very modified chaturanga. So okay. chaturanga can be intimidating for some people sure. and it just feels like a really scary push-up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we've definitely I've had the opportunity often to kind of like teach people at the wall, like you can start here and use the wall to kind of build that arm strength, build that wrist strength, like feel kind of what it feels like in your body um, to kind of be in this place and in this pose. And then, you know, if you want to move it to the mat, you can, or you just can keep doing it at the wall. Mm -hmm.
0: How does the yoga practice itself brings in the piece of body acceptance? Because I've seen Mm, or I've heard you guys talk about body acceptance quite a bit in the past. That's really good. I think, you know,
1: I think everyone's body acceptance journey looks very different. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think I can only speak for myself, but I would say body acceptance when I started going to this yoga class, wasn't even in my realm of, I don't even know that I had ever heard the term. I didn't, I didn't really know what it was, but you know, I think, like I said earlier, I walked out of that very first class with like a very, like an appreciation for my body that I had never had before. I had, definitely sensed an appreciation for my body after like having children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was just like a different, it was just different. I felt, I felt proud of, of what my body was kind of capable of doing. And so I think that kind of began to shift some things for me a little bit, but I think what, I think what, what it can do, like what a yoga practice can do as you're exploring, you know, body image and, and stuff like that is as you get deeper in your practice, you begin to be able to hear your body more, Mm -hmm. um, as you're able to kind of like come to your mat and maybe quiet some of the outside voices that it can begin to help you hear your body more, listen to your body more, um, give your body what it needs, uh, not to feel pressure to do things that it doesn't need, Mm -hmm. um. But just, yeah, just I think yoga can really be helpful in beginning to listen to your body and hear your body, which I think is a huge part of beginning of beginning just kind of the the steps of, of body acceptance and, and all of that.
0: Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit more about it in the sense where I think a lot of people see or think about body acceptance as a contrast to not changing your body or not wanting to Change or improve in right. anything in your body, and I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Yep. So, yeah. how do you balance that body acceptance and using yoga as a way to feel better in your body or in your mind? Yeah, I agree with you. I
1: think I do. I think a lot of people hear body acceptance and thinks and think that that means that don't you know like don't want to change something about your body. One, I think, but uh, you know, I have days where I feel great about my body and I love my body, and then I have days that sometimes turn into like weeks and months where I'm just like, oh, well, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's more of a struggle and it's not as easy. Um, but I think that, I think that there is a, there, there is kind of like a place that you can land where you are dealing with body acceptance in a way that you're listening to your body, that you're giving it what it needs, but that, you know, sometimes there are things that, you know, you need to do in order to just feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, And it is okay to do those things just because you are pursuing something doesn't mean that you aren't also, you know, walking this journey of body acceptance. So one thing that we talk about a lot is like how there are seasons of life where things change. And so, you know, bodies change, what your body needs changes, um, you know, what you need to give yourself to feel your best changes. And I think that really is body acceptance is it's part of it is being open. To the fact that things are going to be different from day to day. And, you know, like I might need to go, you know, lay on my mat in Shavasana for an hour and a half tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the next day, I might need to take a 90 minute hot yoga class and like really sweat it out just to give myself what I need. And I think that that is. I don't think body acceptance is ignoring your body um, and just going, this is just what it is. But I think it's really listening to your body and giving it what it needs. And sometimes that means you need to change up what you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. So you think that we can accept and fully love our body, but still want to transform in some way?
1: Yes, I absolutely do think that. Mm
0: -hmm. There's a big part in yoga that is about non-harming, right? If you think about the philosophy. So there's that aspect, but at the same time, there's self-study, which you were mentioning, like reconnecting with her body, feeling embodiment, befriending her body. So maybe acceptance is kind of a step towards transformation. Yeah, I totally, and I think that it looks different for, you know, that looks
1: different for everybody. You know, I've definitely had, you know, times where I felt like, okay, body acceptance just means you know, where I am right now and what I am right now, I just have to like be here and love myself here and, you know, not be doing anything to change anything. But like, if I'm not feeling great because like, I know that, you know, there's a certain way, there's a certain lifestyle for me or a certain way that I eat or whatever Mm -hmm. that makes me feel better. I need to be pursuing those things. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so would you say that it encourages presence?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I do think that, you know, time on the mat can absolutely encourage presence and can, again, just help you better listen to yourself and know Mm -hmm. what you need. Yeah.
0: Other than that presence, that connection to yourself, how do you hope the practice of Kirby yoga in particular can ripple or like have effects in students' life off their mat?
1: Yeah. I mean, I really hope that people not only gain, um, a deeper appreciation for themselves. Um, but I think one thing that has come for me through my practice that I have seen like ripple (laughs) through the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. is just graciousness, Mm -hmm. um, being gracious with myself and learning to be gracious with myself. And then also wanting to extend that to others. So, you know, I think the yoga mat is a place where when you really start to get into a practice where you have to really learn to be gracious with your body mm-hmm. um, and know that like what I can do today, I might not be able to do tomorrow and that's okay. Um, and learning to kind of give yourself just that grace um, and how good that can feel. And then, you know, what it then looks like to kind of take that off the mat into the rest of your life, I think can be really powerful.
0: hmm Yeah. You mentioned in the beginning that the idea was to offer a space where people felt safe. And I love that you can offer a safe space and an inclusive space for people that might not have access otherwise, or that would not choose to practice otherwise. But I still have a little challenge with the idea of having a class that is separated. So my question is, outside of the precise classes, do you think curvy yoga is contributing to making regular classes more accessible, or is it maybe encouraging that culture of segregation? Like I am, you are, and we are separate. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I hope not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have students of
1: all sizes that come to not only show up to our classes, Mm -hmm. but um, also go through yoga teacher training. So, you know, our teachers look like you know, what we, you might think of as kind of like your standard average yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have yoga teachers that look like everybody. (laughs) So we definitely are putting teachers out in the world that like are inclusive, not only by what they look like, but the classes that they teach. And I think for a lot of people come to our classes for a lot of different reasons. So there are women that come because they haven't felt comfortable in other spaces, but we also have people who come who have experienced injuries and haven't been, you know, as supported in other classes, and they find that modifications are really helpful for them. or mm-hmm. we have people who come to classes who are um, a little more seasoned <laughs> and they're getting older and have felt like maybe um in traditional classes they haven't felt supported. And so I think for us, like it's beautiful to look in your class and look at a class that looks like just a bunch of different people and it's very diverse and mm-hmm. to know that they all come and feel supported.
0: Yeah. As far as students go when they learn or they when they practice Kirby yoga for a while do you think they are more equipped to go to regular classes and modify for themselves?
1: Definitely, I think so. And I think it, you know, it takes a level of bravery. I think back now on those people who were in that class that I was taking who were just like using blocks. I think it takes a level of courage to go in someone else's classes. And you know, you may even have to bring the props with you Mm -hmm. uh, and modify poses, but I definitely think that's true. And and I think, too, it gives people the tools that they need to be able to practice on their own at home if they're trying to cultivate a home practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's true for sure.
0: You mentioned that you have regular yoga teachers that come and take the training to have more tools in their toolkit. How can a yeah. regular class be more inclusive to people of all body shapes?
1: I mean, I really think it just boils down to um, to options, to giving people options. Mm-hmm. Um and ways to modify poses that best fit their body. And I think for some teachers, and this is true for teachers of all sizes, sometimes you really have to think outside of the box Mm -hmm. um, because no two bodies are the same and it doesn't really matter what size you are. Like I could be looking at a student that has the exact same body shape or body type as me and still what each of us is going to be able to do with or without a prop or modified is going to be different. And so... You know, I it's I think it's awesome when we have teachers who are able to kind of think outside of the box and create that space for, you know, 10, 20 different bodies that are walking into your classroom. That's a lot to
0: take sure. on. <laughs> is there a general need of a curvy body that a teacher can have in the back of their mind like how to go about modifications?
1: I mean, again, because all bodies are different, it's really hard to say that there's like one thing that this is someone that needs to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I think you know one thing as yoga teachers that we that we do so much of is as we look at bodies and we watch people and we watch people in poses. And I think when you approach a student who is not even just in a curvier body, but maybe less flexible or has suffered an injury, as yoga teachers, we we have those tools to be able to look at someone and go, this this maybe is where they need a little bit of help, or mm-hmm. this maybe is where I can encourage them. To do things a little bit differently to best support wherever they are in their practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Before you mention how beautiful it is to see diversity in your class when you stand there at the top and how representation has been challenging in average yoga classes, it's even worse on the web, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do you think curvy yoga can be better represented on platforms like Instagram?
1: I mean, I think you know, I, I love social media for this kind of thing. I think it's great, and it gives people the opportunity to kind of just like see just you know see different bodies doing different things. But I am all about one thing that we've talked about is like we need to have more, you know, pictures of of different bodies mm-hmm. doing different yoga poses. And so I think I think that is one thing um, that that is great about Instagram that we can always use more of is just pictures of people who are in all different bodies doing yoga poses in different ways and using modifications and using props and talking about their experiences, you know, on the mat and in classes for sure.
0: So do you think it comes from students that are more curvy to show themselves more on social media?
1: I mean, you know, there's this funny, but com- these are conversations that we have a lot with uh-huh. some yoga teacher friends that I have about like, is this what yoga is like that we need to be on Instagram, like showing off what we can do? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think it's helpful for people to just to see, again, it's about that representation. It goes back to walking into a class and seeing a teacher that looks like you and being like, oh, I'm allowed to be in the space. Um, You know, I think it can be helpful for people. I think that's, you know, I think social media can really suck. And I also think that (laughs) the flip side is that it's also really great, especially if you live somewhere where you don't have access to, Mm -hmm you know, a curvy class or to a teacher who, you know, you feel comfortable with, you know, where else can you go? You can go to the internet. And so, yeah. you know, I think social, you know, specifically talking about Instagram, like it's great to be able to see pictures of all different kinds of people um, participating in yoga. Mm-hmm.
0: And how much teachers like Jessamine Stanley have raised awareness for the movement or changed perception or helped that representation in your opinion?
1: Oh, I told, I think that they absolutely have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's huge. I, I talk to students all the time, even as I was going through kind of the the process of of getting students for our YTT this year. And I mean, uh, 90% of them will mention kind of one of those, you know, curvy teachers whose names we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll say like, she's part of the reason that I felt like I could do this. Mm. Um, and so I think it's huge and it's really important. So they're
0: really inspiring And building a community around them, absolutely,
1: and you know, not just inspiring people to attend a yoga class or take a yoga class, but then inspiring people to want to become teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's the ripple effect is huge.
0: Yeah. What would you like to see more of on social media? (sighs) I mean, I'm a social media junkie. (laughs) Mm.
1: <laughs> I feel like my feed is very cultivated to everything that I love. But, you know, I feel like things are going well. I mean, but I definitely would love to see not just body, not just body diversity, but you know, ethnic diversity and I'm starting to see like more men mm-hmm. kind of showing up on Instagram. I mean, all of it. I think it's all so important and it all um creates space for people to feel like they are welcome in this practice.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, For curvy students out there or teachers that would like to learn how to be more inclusive, are there some resources they can turn to that you would suggest? Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would say
1: us. (laughs) So you can always go to curbyoga.com. We don't just offer a 200 hour, we do have a 200 hour YTT, but we also offer a second certification process for people who are already 200 hour trained yoga teachers. Oh, good to know. And that's all done virtually. So you do it, you know, from your house at your own pace. Um, And that is really just about giving you the tools that you need to be able to teach. People of all you know shapes and sizes, regardless of your shape and size. So mm-hmm. we have tons of teachers go through that process, and it's really great. Um, you know, Anna has an amazing book um, that is really helpful and and really great that that I love as well. What is you it know, called? It's it is called Curvy Yoga, <laughs> and you can find all of that just on the website. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many resources, but I, I think social media is one of those places that can be a really great place to start. Um, we also have a virtual studio. We have like almost 300 videos um, that kind of, with all different kinds of um, practice specialties that people can pick from. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Great. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to add that maybe I didn't touch on or you think is important to, to mention?
1: No, I think it, you know, I think it was great. I think you touched on a lot of great things, but I definitely would just say to people like, you know, if body acceptance or yoga is something that you are feeling new to, or you're just kind of hearing about it and you're not sure if it's for you, I think yoga is a great place to start with all of that, just to be able to begin to listen to yourself and listen to your body and, um, learn to kind of shut out all of those outside voices, um, Mm -hmm begin to kind of give yourself what you need and to be able to hear your own, like your own heart and your own voice, um, which is the only one that matters when it comes to your body.
0: <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. So yeah. you mentioned you were, um, social media junkie where can I, people yeah. <laughs> reach out if they want to say hi, continue this conversation with you, or they want to reach out to Anna or they want to just get to know, what Curvy Yoga is more, what's the best place for them to go?
1: Yeah, you can find both of us um, on Instagram at Curvy Yoga. We're both there on on the page. So you can find both of us there and we will answer your DMs and respond to your questions. You can also always email me. I'm liz at curvyyoga.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz, for your time today. That was so interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. We have other great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe. Now, if you want to help other people find this podcast or you want your chance to win a $75 shop card from Atleta, all you have to do is head on to iTunes or on the podcast app of your iPhone and click write a review. As you leave your review, you automatically enter our giveaway. And I announce the winner on the following episode. If you're newer to reviews and you need a little support, check out the show notes for instruction or for more info about our guests of today or curvy yoga in general. And you can also go to my website, ericabelanger.com blog podcast for those two things. Last episode was also supported by Atleta, so thank you so much if you left a review. The winner of that giveaway is iTunes user Jenna Marin. Jenna said... I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm in the car a lot. I love listening to this podcast while I'm driving around to different studios. It's super interesting and it gets me in the mood to teach. Great guest, excellent host, happy I found it. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for your comment. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you your shop cards. See, guys, it's that simple. Now, before we finish, quick shout out to Alexander Saba for working in the background of this podcast music editing and mastering thank you for your support once again guys thank you for joining us and until next time